So, Father God, um, it's through your Spirit, you Holy Spirit, breathe for Scripture. As a record of, of who you are, a record of who we are, and a record of our interactions together. God, as we look at your word, as we engage with, a, 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 with you, God, I ask that you would quicken our hearts, awaken our minds to come to a deeper realization, revelation of Jesus. But God, I also ask that you would raise us into an encounter with you that's a new encounter. Hmm. Father, I ask that even if we can't intellectually even fully comprehend this idea of you being the way, you being the truth, Lord, I ask that you would give us the experience of you being the way and the truth and the life. Help us to hold you in honor in all that we do and say and ask and think. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, well, thank you. So, um, and so truth is, in my mind, as I go back and I look at truth, has always been a challenge. Um, all the way back in the, in the garden, there was like, then behold, the, the serpent... And how the serpent was, was uh, repeating facts. But the serpent, all the way back at the beginning, he, he tied facts together in such a way as to create something that wasn't fact. It wasn't, and I would say, it wasn't truth. You do remember that story, right? There's a garden, there's a snake, there's a whole thing. And everybody said it was an apple tree. It wasn't. cannot possibly be an apple tree because I like apples. And so... Uh, and so, but it was some sort of a fruit tree. And so, the same thing is that if you look ahead in, in history, there's a point when Jesus in, uh, was meeting with Pilate. He was a governor. And, and Pilate echoed the heart of the culture that he was a leader within. And he asked the question after he encounters Jesus. He says, what is truth? What is it? And, and I would say a cursory survey of our current cultural moment reveals a, a wildly diverse set of assertions of truth. Translated, everywhere you look, there's someone who's saying, this is the truth. I've got the corner on it. If you, if you want to know what's true, sign up for my blog, right? Or turn to this news channel and not those news channels, right? Whatever this is, there's this, this ongoing battle to assert this is the real truth and, and these, these other ones are, are a bunch of hoodlums or something. You know, in fact, uh, depending on who you choose to believe, for example, people on the political right are either the only people who know what is really true, or they're a bunch of racially prejudiced conspiracy theory chasing gullible wingnuts. Right? You've heard both. You're like, <laughs> I am both. <laughs> and then, um, but, but you'll also hear the exact opposite. The left-wing folks, they're, they're dumber than a box of rocks. And either they're taken in by a globalist anti-human agenda or they're actively part of it. These, these like, this is what we're given and we're said, okay, this is true, this and, and you're, and, and almost none of us, I don't know about you, but almost none of us would ever fit in the boxes that we place ourselves in and more importantly, the box that somebody else places you in. I think uh, even recently I've been in conversations where someone would look at me or point at me and they say, and you believe... And they would define for me who I am and what I believe. Not as a question, but as a statement of fact. This is what you are, and this is how I relate to what you are. 
Not a question of like, I think this is what you think. Is that true? Sometimes I'm just like, hmm, okay, and I just continue listening, and I, okay. I'm not always inclined to dive into a debate about the nuances of these things, but it's revealing, right? Have you ever experienced it? Anybody just like someone points at you and say, this is what you think. And you're like, huh, that's interesting to know what they think I think. Yeah. So there are some nuances to this understanding and an encounter of truth, even our culture. We haven't even talked theology yet, right? And so the other parts of this is just, just like we don't fit in these boxes very well. And so um, this also happens in subtle but very important to know about ways, right? You guys, this, I wrote a whole bunch of stuff about this stuff that we all know in common, right? You, pretty much everybody is touched by social media at some form or another, right? Yes, we're human. Um, we have electricity at our homes. And, but you are aware that, that anything you do online, you're being indexed very, very accurately and very carefully with incredibly powerful artificially intelligent systems that are evaluating you. A few years ago, um, <clears throat> I found, ran across instructions that said, well, if you want to know what Facebook thinks of you, go in and you could dig in through like this menu to this other menu to this other other menu down here and this thing and this little slide thing. And then this preferences, and you go down deeper and deeper and deeper. Had to go through like five layers to get down to this. And it said, at the bottom it said, this is your political view. This is where you are socially. This is your economic status. This is how old you are. This is what you think about blah, 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 blah. I thought... Yep, exactly, right? I've, I've heard from stories from inside this body where, where people will go to this store, right? And then, and then about the time they arrive home, they're getting an ad popping up on their phone for the thing that they saw but didn't buy at the store. And so there's the thing like, okay, so... That's, that's not truth, right? This is just information. But, yeah, they're trying to control, right? Everybody wants money. And, and so the thing is, is there's a place where someone can seek influence and it's like, okay, it makes sense. They, you, you really, really like such and such. They're going to try and sell you such and such. No harm, no foul. But the same sort of thing can be used to manipulate and guide you into places that maybe you don't want to go. It can start to shape you by presenting information. There is so much information around in the world. How is it that the information that comes to you is the information that comes to you and it's not something that's different? And there's systems that would take information it would present to you because they're looking for a certain result and it's going to send different information to a different person for a different result. We're not all having the same window into the world that's around us. It's important to know this. But along with this, you'll find that um, there's this, as people become aware of this, you guys all know what I'm saying, right? This isn't for, I think, probably almost all of you, this is not new information. And yet the consequences of this is that it creates, um, as we become aware of this sort of manipulation, we be, it's easy to become very uncertain about what's really real. In some ways, it's a gift because, number one, now we know what's going on even if we can't necessarily fully understand the details of it, we we'll at least get the general idea. And so at least you are wise enough to know that we shouldn't be trusting everything we're told, right? Is that good? That's good. That's a good step forward. 
And so with that begs this question, like, okay, so what is really real? And so this is where it's important and it's helpful to come back to Jesus, you know? And so, here, look at this. I'm just going And so there's this idea that there's a line, right? Earlier, I've already said that I talked about, like, the, there's the, the, from your perspective, right, and then the, the left, right? And as soon as I say this, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I can say political right, and you're like, boom, know what that is. Political left, boom, know what that is. And you probably know where you're supposed to be falling on the line. Right? And the implication is that there's this line, and we, can, we have the vernacular of this language in our culture. This is normal conversation. And, so, and then, I don't know about you, but I've felt pressured, rather not always overt, but um, ongoing pressure to land somewhere on the line. Do you guys know where the world would put you on that line? You can raise your hand. Ish, right? Pretty good. Like, is that accurate, where they would put you on the line? Maybe, you know. And, but all of this implies the validity of the line. Where does Jesus land on that line? Nowhere. James is sitting in the A row. Right? Yeah. Jesus doesn't land on the line. And so, um, whether we realize it or not, we're placing ourselves along an imaginary line, and the language that we use says that, that that truth somewhere lies along that line, and it doesn't land there. Truth does not land on that line, and I'm going to show you why. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, He Himself is the truth. And so, there are some simple, but also some complicated consequences of this. And so Jesus isn't on the line. Thank you, God. Right? Our God is bigger than an imaginary line. He doesn't fit there. And so Jesus isn't on the line. And there is no place where this is a line of truth that Jesus lands on. It just doesn't exist. And so since Jesus is the truth, that means there is no line. There is Christ... And everything is ordered in relationship to him. Over the years, I've talked about the idea of centered set versus bounded set. I'm not going to review the whole thing right now. But if Jesus is the center, there's a dot. There's a point that's both infinitely narrow and infinitely large, and it is Jesus Christ. And the question isn't where we are on some sort of an imaginary line. The question is, how are we oriented to Christ? Always, right? And there's people that are over here and here and here and here and here and all over. And the question is, is how are we oriented to Christ? Some of us are not oriented to Christ at all. And we live in a world that would largely deny that Jesus even is worth having any direction at all. But the ultimate question of all of the universe and eternity and everything that we see in Scripture asks the question, how are you oriented to Jesus Christ? Now, in the general sense, many of us belong to him, but then I would invite you to even ask moment by moment, how are we oriented to Jesus Christ? How are you oriented to Jesus Christ on Monday morning at 9.45? How are you oriented to Jesus Christ on Tuesday evening at 11.55? I think it's, a, it's an ongoing question because Jesus, if he is the truth, how many of us are actually longing for truth? Hopefully all of us. Hopefully all of us. 
And so, since Jesus is the truth, there is no line. And the question is, is how, um, how are we oriented? What is our relationship with him? And I'd say Jesus doesn't align with the truth. The truth aligns with him. It's the other way around. And so, secondly, in light of this, knowing that Jesus is Knowing Jesus is knowing truth, and not knowing Jesus means that we're missing the truth. Whew, that's another one, right? Are there people who don't know Jesus who know things that are true? Yes. Are there people who know Jesus who believe things that are not true? Yes, right? And so there's a, so this is where we get to step into a different level of how we might understand this. So now I'd understand that whole, what I'm just saying might not make perfect sense, the whole idea of Jesus in that sense. But part of the reason why I believe is because we struggle to make a distinction between fact and truth. And this is a, this is a, a cultural thing. So, um, uh, right, you guys understand, like facts, truth. We'll talk about that just briefly. And I, I, I did a, a study just briefly, just went through and I looked at different sources. What's the world say about the difference between fact and truth? And what I found was really interesting. So first of all, the world seems to really favor the world, um, and I'll say the world outside of faith, tends to favor fact really strongly over truth. Uh, the current dictionary definitions would argue that, that fact is something measurable, right? It is something you can prove, something repeatable, all of this sort of thing. It's, it's, a, it's a statement. It's a fact. And they would argue that truth is actually a subset of fact that includes opinions. Fact is real. Opinion or truth is something that has some facts involved, but it also includes things that may not be real. This, this is my paraphrase. But I thought it was really interesting to see that um, a non-faith-based, non-faith-centered definition of fact and truth that actually lowers truth significantly, saying fact is something you can stand on, truth is just your opinion. Interesting. I thought it was also interesting when I look in Scripture. Actually, I'll back up one other. Here's just a trivia thing. You can take this home, put it on your wall, share it at your parties. Um, so I've looked up, and so Wikipedia has an article on just the term fact. What is a fact? It takes 12 pages in Wikipedia to explain what a fact is. I thought that was really interesting. So then I go and look up truth. On Wikipedia, it takes 44 pages to try to explain the idea of truth. And so it reveals that the world seems to have a pretty clear handle on fact, and they're just not getting, there's no cohesion at all on truth. 44 pages worth of this is what truth is. And, uh, and so there's some distinctions. Now, I also noticed that in Hebrew and the Greek scriptures, I find that idea of truth is used often. I see it popping up all the way through in Hebrew and the Greek language and through scripture. It pops up pretty regularly, but I'm not entirely sure I could find the word fact anywhere. I know in Latin there's a word, there's a word translated as fact, um, uh, but, that's, but there's, anyway, that's, that's another level. I'm sure that the idea of fact exists, but I couldn't find like a specific word. This is the word translated as fact, but there's words translated as truth. And so people with a biblical worldview seem to understand the difference between fact and truth differently than people who do not carry a biblical worldview. And so, in fact, I'm going to read uh, the best one I found is actually from Focus on the Family. They did a good job of explaining the difference between, between facts and and truth through a biblical model. Here is what they read. It's about a paragraph. It says, 
Yes, there is an important difference between facts and truth. In some ways, it's analogous to the difference between a pile of bricks and St. Paul's Cathedral, or between a list of dates and Arnold Toynbee's A Study of History. Factum, in the original Latin, denotes nothing more than a thing done. I would also insert for you IT people, the idea is the difference between data and information, right? If you've got data, you can have a CSV file with just piles of numbers and it means absolutely nothing until you apply order to it and structure and then it becomes information that you can do something with. And so uh, they would argue that an isolated fact is like a stray piece of a puzzle. It's an object, an article, a fragment of information, a bit of trivia. Truth, on the other hand, is all about meaning. To put it another way, discerning truth is a matter of interpreting the facts. In a courtroom setting, the same facts are available to both prosecution and defense. Each attorney puts his own spin or construction upon the evidence, but this does not imply that both sides are right. There is still only one truth. It would be absurd to insist otherwise. So depending on the type of case before the bar, an individual's entire future may hang upon the jury's ability to recognize a single truth. The current meaning, or the correct meaning, emerges when the significance of the pattern and the real relationship between the facts becomes clear. This is why Scripture asserts that Jesus Christ is the truth. John 14, 6, and then it says he is the truth because all things hold together in him, Colossians 1, 17. And so there, and there's so many levels where that, that is completely true in Christ. And so we can say thank you, focus on the family. Good job, guys. And, uh, and so in the same manner that a map, a physical map can take you from one physical location to another physical location. But a physical map isn't going to get you from a physical location to a non-physical location, to a spiritual destination. We need a different type of map. So when Jesus says, I am the way, yes, he can explain the way and he can get, he could guide people, but he is the way, he is the map, he is the path from one realm into another realm. And the same thing is, is, uh, is the case when we talk about truth. Jesus is the truth. There are facts there are fallacies. But in the end, when we're talking about engaging with the God who made us and all of ultimate reality, a fact can't you get you there. In fact, um, I ended the, the message two weeks ago with a quote from a, a man I used to know, Pastor Addy. And, uh, and he said, he said, the mind cannot go except where the heart has already been. And I was ruminating on that this week again because it's an expression of the same idea. Like, facts can't get you to truth by themselves. Your heart engages with truth, and then we get to see how the facts line up. You have your pile of bricks, and it could be St. Peter's Cathedral all separated out as stone and bricks and all of the pieces. It's not St. Peter's Cathedral until it's put in order. And God is the God of order. He's a creative God who takes something and puts it in the right spot. Have you ever, guys seen, this is something that the, the, it seems like probably the, the first or second thing the internet was used for was to tell these really beautiful stories and send them out. They used to be called email forwards. Yeah, I fell for a few of them. Um, and uh, if anybody is still falling for them, you need, don't do that. 
right? I, I read just some, some really compelling stories. And so they would be based usually on some pieces of fact. And then after the fact, they would be constructed in such a manner that it pointed in a direction. And then there would be a fallacy, a false conclusion that could be reached because they built this tower on these things that seem true-ish, right? True-ish. I, I re, I, there's uh, actually some news sources that, I, that um, I'll, I'll see them, and they do the same thing, only they make assertions about what's going on in the world. And they say, um, they'll have a headline. Any news headline that comes in the form of a question is not news. I thought, oh. And I, I, at later on, I actually started reading news articles and said, is this going to happen? And they would have a bunch of facts, but it, and it would reach a conclusion. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe. But I found that a pattern that would emerge is like a, a construction that would lead in a direction that is really wild and sensational, exciting and fun. But then the, usually that didn't happen. And so this is the same thing that we see all the way back in the garden. I'll review that, and then we're going to transition really quickly into a couple examples because what I want to do is I want to point at Jesus as the truth. The serpent in the garden pointed, he reviewed the facts. He reviewed facts. Didn't God say this? Is this what God said? Is this, what, is this what's true? And then at the end reached a conclusion that was a false conclusion about the character of God. Jesus won't deceive you. He won't lie to you. Jesus speaks the truth. He is the truth. And he enables the truth within you. And so he also, um, he also, when he left his disciples, he says, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's to be both with us and within us and lead us into all truth. I'm going to read a couple of these, and then we're going to go back and look at examples briefly about how Jesus is truth, and then and then we'll close. And so this is uh, these are some verses that just remind us about the Holy Spirit. In John 14:16, Jesus says, "And I'm going to ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever." Verse 26 of the same chapter. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. And bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. 1526, but when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. John 16, 7, there, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. If I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then the writer in Hebrews says, so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The ultimate invitation is the same invitation that comes up continuously is to shift our heart from the weight of the world and the information and all of the, the bricks that are being stacked up and they're stacking up in different ways saying this is what it means is to go back and say, Jesus, you're the truth. Lay that set of stuff aside and go back to Jesus. Jesus, you're the truth. I say, Jesus, can you help me understand? And Jesus said, I'm going to give you your Holy, give you Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide us. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be the interpreter of your word, that you would be the interpreter of the facts that were presented to us, that you'd be the interpreter of our own emotions and our own thoughts. God, I ask that you 
you would be the interpreter of, of the environment and the world that we live in, of the priorities that we have, of how to process um, what happens in our relationships and our lives. Mm. There's a lot of voices that are going to seek to tell you what you're supposed to believe. But the invitation that we see from Jesus is that he will interpret it. But I'm just going to ask a couple of questions. We'll close in prayer. Um, so what would it mean for you to allow Jesus to be your definition of truth? And this, is, this is not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you to ask this of yourself, and more importantly, ask this of the Lord. Jesus, what does it mean for you to be truth? Not just the guide of truth, not just the explainer truth, but to be truth. And then I would also ask, um, are you asking Holy Spirit to guide you as engaged, not just with Scripture, but with the information and everything that touches your mind and your heart? This is something that um, my friend Cheryl reminds me of. Have you, asked, have you asked the Lord about this? Have you talked to Jesus about this? Have you asked him yet? And there's times when I have to say, oh, no. But she said this enough that I find that um, it's, I'm being catechized in a positive, the best use of the word catechism, catechized in this, to be trained to ask the same question and provide the answer, right? Have you asked Jesus about this situation? When you watch the news, do you say, Jesus, what do you think about this news headline? Jesus, what do you think about Ukraine? Jesus, what do you think about this, all this stuff about the election? Jesus, what do you think about inflation? It's not, that's, this isn't separate worlds, right? It's, this is not like we have our church part and then we have the rest of us. Jesus, what do you think about what I'm going to plant in my garden this year? About this thing that my child wants to do? Hmm. And so then I just find one question and we'll close. Where is God asking you to align with something that you've acknowledged is truth, but you haven't aligned your life with yet? What is that thing that maybe you're in your mind you understand is true, but he's asking you to walk in it? And that's a, that's a different thing. And he'll, if, if you're willing to listen, I believe that he'll very much speak to your heart. And, uh, and for anyone who might, if we might struggle with like, oh no, what's he going to say? I have to remember that God is good. He's going to tell you something that's good. Even if it's uncomfortable. It's only uncomfortable for a short moment, and then it gets good. Amen? Will you stand with me? We'll close in prayer.